Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, host of the RouterFlex podcast and founder and CEO of our day job recruiting firm, RouterFlex. We hope you enjoy this episode. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast for updates and news. Finally, if you haven't already, check out the series of books we've published on hiring, interviewing, and overall career advice titled The RouterFlex Guide, available on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Most homeowners don't have the time or expertise to properly take care of their home, which causes costly issues to arise. That's where Cura Home Maintenance comes in. We're a full-service, routine maintenance company that was developed by a certified home inspector. Each quarter, we service our clients' homes following manufacturer's recommendations to properly maintain all the necessary appliances. We provide the materials and expertise to prolong the life of your property, creating a healthy and efficient environment for your family. From top to bottom, we'll maintain and service your home. To get started, we have a property inspection to determine what needs to be maintained, and a maintenance plan is created based on your preferences. From refrigerator coils to filters, vents, and drains, we do it all, and we do it well. Contact us today for your free routine maintenance inspection and never worry about your maintenance again. You ready to roll? I'm ready. All right. Robin, thank you so much for being on the RiderFlex podcast. I appreciate it, sir. I appreciate it too. Thanks for the invite. Are you in the Bay Area or overseas, Paris, London? Where are you? I'm in the Bay Area. I'm in the San Francisco uh, city near the painted ladies, if you want to know. They're just like there, uh, a couple of, <laughs> like in the same block. Gotcha. Okay. But you're where are you from originally? I'm from France originally, and I moved here a year ago. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, you uh, your accent, of course, is there, but not as... Thick as I thought it would be, not as strong as I oh. thought it would be. Wait, wait. <laughs> I appreciate it. After a year, it's uh, uh it's I, I want to keep that accent. So first, when I moved here, I was thinking about hiring a coach and just get rid of the accent, uh, mm -hmm. and then I realized part of the you know uh, of, of me, and I think part of what makes me a bit different as well. So, I, and also like uh, so many projects, and then you have to prioritize. So I never even looked up coaches and just rolled with the accent. Plus, it's got to help with the. So, are you single or are you married? I'm married. <laughs> oh, it's gonna. I was gonna say it probably helps with the social life too. You, you get the accent. You just. You yeah, just. Yeah, you, yeah. you just. <laughs> I'm married to a French woman, so she she doesn't really care. Oh, okay. All right, all right. You were married before you moved over, then. No, I'm. I moved here, and then we got married here. Oh yeah. wow! You you what, whole so, story. Wow! How'd you meet her? And what's her name? Uh, Mathilde. Okay, what were you like at like at a, at a bar and you're like, wow, there's another girl from France. Holy crap! No, 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 no. We moved here together, so we were already together, and then okay, okay. I yeah, see, I see, I see. But I we've see. been we've been together for a few years. All right, how'd you guys meet? Uh, through a common friend at a uh, at my flat. So he was uh, it was my roommate at the time. He organized the lunch. And then she went after she runs a lot, so she went after um, a trail race, and that's how we uh, that's how we met. 
All right. All right. Yeah. And then you started then you started dating. You said, Hey, by the way, I got news for you. I'm moving to the to the US. <laughs> no, it took a few years. So originally, so actually I moved here the first time in 2020 from January to March. Uh, with the uh, with Harry Suite, the company, we went through an accelerator called Y Combinator based in Mountain View. Okay. Um, so I moved here, and the plan was always to expand in the US, even though we I created see. a company in France. I see. Um, and then so I was like, okay, we got to move, we got to move, we got to move. It took three years, but uh, we moved eventually. How do you like it? I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's everything expected and and then and then some, you know. Um, now, now for those of us that don't live in the Bay Area, all we see is the negative social media mm -hmm. and the, ne the negative news, like "oh, the Bay's turning into shit" and whatever. I mean, is that true? Is that true? Or is it still great? Or what? What is the stat? What's the real story, Robin? You know, there there is a narrative about the uh, downward spiral um, in San Francisco, especially the Bay Area. Uh -huh. I was here, so I only lived here in 2020 from January to March, so three months. It's hard to tell. There is definitely a difference. So there was a before and after the pandemic, and that's for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, not everything is perfect in the city, obviously. So some of the things that you see are real, um, but but overall, it's a great city to live in. Um, more people, so it's it's definitely changed over the past six months. So I see more people coming in and more new joiners to the city. Um, okay. The the city itself has a great vibe. The weather is amazing. Oh, the yeah. outdoors yeah. are amazing. There's yeah. great, amazing people. So uh, that's, yeah, obviously uh, negative sides to it. And I think you can only get better from here. And then we can <laughs> already see some improvements on those negative sides. But the positive sides, they'll always be here. There's a great crowd. Again, great city, outdoors, okay. the weather. Yeah, so there's lots. there's a lot to love. And what do you like, what, what are two things, maybe two or three things that you really love about the U S versus France? <laughs> uh, so I, I really thought about this yesterday. I went to, so my, both my sisters came to visit me from France to the U S uh, the last two weeks. So I spent a lot of time together and we went to the San Francisco symphony Um and we 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 watched the Beethoven Symphony the day that she came, so she was a bit jet lagged. Anyway, yesterday I got a cold call from the uh, San Francisco Symphony from a guy that was clearly trying to sell me the annual subscription or something I like see. this. And I was like, I okay, see. I love this country for this. Like, you know, there's there's this culture of both service and selling and hustling that you don't get in France. Interesting. Uh, and, and and coming from France, you'll learn a ton. You know, like in France, you would go to the Paris Symphony. Nobody would care about you. Nobody would call, call you for sure to sell you an annual subscription. So, uh, you know, like it's a different mindset that I really like. Uh, that and also another thing that I learned a lot, a lot is about um, how extroverts people are and how to strike like casual discussions in the streets or with your neighbors. Uh, that's not some really something you do in France. Um, mm, okay. I, I don't know why. Maybe partly, at least in Paris, uh, because there are so many people, so much people. Uh, so you always bump into other people. So pe everybody's very tense. You definitely not strike up a casual conversation in the street with a uh, mm. with a stranger. 
Um, and also part of the culture. I don't know, but uh, that's something that I really, really enjoy here as well. Okay, very good. Now, uh, as a as a kid growing up, I always heard the French were were uh, the the reputation I always heard was they were a little bit snobby. Now, is that true? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's a you know you 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 get the the reputation you deserve in some ways, and that's exactly what I'm saying, right? You go to the symphony and nobody really cares about you, and even like, yeah. Same okay. for those chit chats. Yeah. But meanwhile, we're just a bunch of wild cowboys over here. They probably think we're just a bunch of wild cowboys. What what's the yeah, what do what do they think about the US citizens? All right. <laughs> uh that's a tricky one. What what do we think about US citizens? That um so there is something that can came across come across as uh hypocritical in France. Like um the the cliche is that U.S. people are always excited, always, you know, always happy about things to the extent that in France, it might seem fake because people are not like this at all. Mm. Um, so that's kind of a cliche. Uh, okay. That's definitely not right, not true. And it's a like misunderstanding of how people communicate. But, you know, it, exactly because you, you can talk to a stranger in the, in the street and, and, and then just go separate ways and never hear about that person anymore and in france that would be well this person talked to me for 15 minutes and though no she disappeared so uh she's kind of an hypocrite because she, 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 we're oh. not friends after all something like this you know like a different relationship yeah. to I see. I um, see. to friendship and and then that everything is bigger you know that uh uh like people are excited about like bigger things go big or go home and everything is bigger um <laughs> but that's more on the positive side Okay. All right. Any kids? Uh, nope. A dog. Okay. A dog. All right. All right. Very good. And what's your folks do for a living? And where do they live now? Uh, what do you mean? My your family? Parents. Your parents. Oh, my yes. parents. They live in France. Uh, my mother, uh, they they both kind of retired, even though not exactly. Uh, my mother was a teacher and then inspector to the teachers. And oh. my father works in like real estate, different things. Uh, he went on to do, it, it was kind of an entrepreneur, even though he, um, yeah, entrepreneurship. Okay. So now he's in okay. real estate, basically. Okay. And back, yeah. Okay. Uh, were you a good kid, straight A student, rebel, in trouble? What kind of kid were you? All of them. I was a very good kid, uh, a bit of a rebel. Um, Got in a little trouble. Did you ever get arrested? No. Did you? I've never been arrested, but... I will but, tell you, I will tell you, there there were many times I should have been. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why exactly? Uh, probably mainly DUIs. I probably should have had a lot of DUIs when I was younger. Mm. I mean, just way too. I mean, yeah, I, I could have went to jail so many times. I mean, yeah. I yeah. I mean, I never did any like real crimes, right? Uh, drove around with cannabis a little bit when I was in college here and there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing like I didn't rob any banks. Uh, but uh, no, no, never was arrested. So you didn't get in any major trouble. No, no major trouble okay. that I All think right. of. Um, but you know, I was always a bit of a rebel. Um, what are you? but but also a good like a good kid, deeply, <laughs> and Most also a pretty good student as well. So okay. Most entrepreneurs have a little bit of a, a little bit of a, of a of a cocky rebel streak. A, mm -hmm. a little bit, right? You got You got to have. Exactly. You got to have a little bit of that, right? I mean, exactly. But for the most yeah. part, uh, okay. I would, uh, you know, I, 
as a teacher, I wouldn't like to have myself as a student. <laughs> but once you get past it, you know, you can. I, I believe it could be quite enjoyable. Um, but you know, yeah, like in in some in, in in some classes, I wouldn't listen at all to the teacher and would just do my stuff, but yeah. still learn the 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 topic. So, yeah. Uh, very good. Cheeky is a, okay. good name, a, a good word. Did you know what you wanted to do when you were in college? Did you uh, have kind of a general idea? What was the plan? Um, so the original plan was, I was when I was a kid was to be an engineer and okay. to work on rocket ships. That was the idea. Really? Like, I okay. don't know why. Oh, all I right. <laughs> I like that. Okay. On this. Uh, maybe uh, like a Brian's father was doing this. I don't even remember. And that that stuck with me for a long time, like up, uh, up to when I was like 12 or 14. Okay. Then absolutely no idea about what I wanted to do, but more of um, how I wanted to live. So I wanted to travel. Um, and that's that's kind of how I, I um, ended up deciding on my uh, field of studies uh, in university. Um, yeah, and... and, and Pretty early on, I wanted. I was very interested in startups. The startup scene was very nascent, especially in France. So there oh. weren't very, a lot of startups. But I was very interested about this as early as like, um, you know, like very early. I was also very interested in finance and following up with the news. Uh, you know, I was like right. uh, sixteen when there was the financial crisis, so that had right. a lot of impact. And I already had a, a small. Um, uh, portfolio before the crisis. Oh, so I was already interested in stocks, and in the end, I ended up working as an intern for a year in a bank, um, the uh, second yeah. largest uh, German cool. bank, the Commerce Bank, and then yeah. creating a first company. So I was always interested about both. Like, but deeply, it was uh, deeply what I think I like is creating stuff, like creating things from the ground up, not so much scaling things. Okay. Why recruiting? Why why this industry that we're in, by the way? I mean, I'm sure you know, but I'm sure you, I'm sure you know that we have the podcast, but you know Riderflex is a recruiting firm, right? That's our day job. I do know, yeah. <laughs> uh, why why uh yeah, how the hell did you get into this this life? Um we so um I use also used to play a lot of rugby. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Cool. In in are you a big guy? What, what size? No, are you? no, 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 not a, Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. Let me let me do in meters. I'm a, <laughs> a meter and eighty two centimeters. So this is like yeah, yeah. six feet or six three or something like this. Oh, you're six three. You're six three. That's is pretty it tall. Six three? No, no, no. Let me check. Uh, that's uh, I don't. Six three is pretty big. No, 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 no. I'm not six three. I'm six. Six six foot. What six, one? Six. I'm six. Six foot two hundred, six foot one eighty, one eighty, one eighty two. Okay, that's not a big rug rugby player. That's no, not no, big. no, 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 no. I, I never was a. I I said I played a lot. I never said I was a very good rugby player, but I played a lot. I really enjoyed it. All right, cool. Um, uh. And and then so I I did when I was a student. I did the first internship. Two first internships were again working finance. Um, then started the first company, kind of. I'll call it a company because it was a company, but we were at right. maximum five people. It was called Jugger and it was a marketplace for remote services. So kind was of it... already kind of into recruiting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. How far along did that one get revenue wise? What, how, how, how far did you get? 
so originally the idea was not to charge and to have some kind of virtual currency that people can exchange on the platform. So that was the idea. Uh, so I'm a designer. I'll design the logo for you. I get three hours worth of currency and then I can use those three hours worth with another person to get a, a translation or something like this. That was the idea. Uh, uh, well, this uh, is way before crypto got way before. It was. Yeah, 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 it was. How about that? Wow. Um, uh, did you, uh, so, it was, <laughs> so, so it was still in development phase, so to speak? Um, yeah, we had a small community of a few hundred people, oh, but it okay. wasn't never really active. And then in the end, we realized that the, the free money thing was a limitation. So we made it like a regular paying thing. And then in, in the end, we ended up dropping the project. How how um, did you do that and eat at, and pay rent at the same time? Because you, I'm guessing you weren't paying yourself. How what, Did you have another that's, job? That's the thing. Yeah, I used to give a lot of, uh, I was a teacher in a private school at the same time. Oh, okay. There you uh, go. And I right. made much more money out of this. Uh, then the main thing and then at some point you're like okay why am i focusing my energy here <laughs> uh, while i'm making so much money on the side i like to ask i like to ask that question because you know a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs they listen to the show and one of the one of the questions is always like how how did you live like how did you eat how did you pay rent while you were doing that <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i see so i used okay. to work uh and i am a friend of a friend of mine went as an exchange student abroad and I just took his room. So I, I lived with uh, his mother for six months. So I didn't cool. have to pay rent. I just like cook things and clean the flat and uh, <laughs> and try to be the perfect roommate. And then did a lot of um, uh, teaching as well. So every weekend I would, um, I would go and teach uh, for the entire weekend. And, and something, something happened. There's a pivot or a turn in here somewhere that pushes you towards recruiting. What, What's the yes. moment? So that, it, was, so that was actually a gap year. And then I ended up going back to school for a year. And that's also okay. why I dropped this. Okay. Um, met with uh, with uh, Ismail. Well, first Paul, my co-founder, and then Ismail. Uh, the original idea was we went through that track, that common track with different schools, um, focus on entrepreneurship. The original idea was, and back to rugby, that we could be free on Tuesday and th Thursdays to go to the rugby training. And that tracked a lot for this. Um, and then in the end, we started working together. Um, the uh, uh, For a main um, project that was based on Ismail's expertise first, and it was a soft, uh, an assessment software for companies hiring software engineers. Okay. So that's how we got started. All right. Um, and then... Ismail did a lot of competitive programming. He was a medalist in the French team for the International Olympiads in Informatics, mm. um, which I didn't know existed. But uh, and then okay. he was he was coach for the French team. Okay. And so he already had a lot of expertise um, doing this kind of like assessing. I'm trying to get a better lighting here. You light, yeah, that, yeah. Sun's yeah. starting to come down on you. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> It's actually super sunny. If you need to change, it's... if you need to change the shade or whatever it is, whatever you need to do is totally yeah, fine. Yeah, let, let me try this. Yeah, this is for the listeners. They're all used to this stuff. They they know this this shit happens all the time. It's totally fine. Like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good. How is it now? Yeah, good, good, good. All right. <laughs> um, and so the the original idea was to um to be available to to go to the rugby trainings and then we really got along together started working on that first product, um and and quickly realized that most companies so we we had a product quick very quickly, okay, 
um, because again, Ismail's experience, experience doing this. And we realized the biggest pain for companies wasn't assessing engineers, but just getting sourcing them. So basically top of funnel. Um, and we're like, okay, well, why don't you just bust job on, online and wait for applicants? That's how it works, right? <laughs> Didn't really know about that. And that's when we started chatting with the first agencies and started discovering that there is an entire ecosystem uh, here to help companies be more efficient at hiring because the dynamics are sometimes inverted from for some roles. So that's of course, how we you, discovered. Of yeah. course, when you started, just for the listeners, back 2016, 2017, software engineers especially super high demand super yeah. hard to recruit super hard to get a hold of walked on water you know mm -hmm. we can talk we can talk about how that's changing now but anyway back then yeah uh, i totally get it okay yeah go ahead yeah and linkedin wasn't quite uh yeah as good right? as today yeah still not perfect but back then it was like everybody had to do complex blowing searches because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. the search was just not good enough true it's true yep and even the market penetration wasn't as good as today like today everybody's on linkedin but seven years ago um not everyone was on linkedin so it was still pretty much yep. like being on linkedin was a signal that you were looking for a job so <laughs> um yeah, but it, yeah, that's right. when it started to shift. Yeah. So yeah, we started with the first product that was really focused on top of funnel and sourcing okay. for companies. Okay. All right. Uh, and then again, as a SaaS, as, like uh, was that a was that a SaaS CRM tool then, or the or you're just providing a service? There was no we software. so so the first few months, even a few years, we did both. So we acted as an agency. We reached okay. out to the candidates ourselves. Okay. And we also acted as a lead generation system where we provided the leads to the companies uh, and then either engaged the leads in their names or or let them engage with the leads. Okay. So and then you had had you built your own kind of homemade CRM system or what were you using for ATS? Nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. Okay. I remember I remember yes, spreadsheets. <laughs> I remember seeing the first ATS. In twenty was it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? I remember okay. it was Lever, and we went to one of our clients. who were like, "Wow, that's 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 amazing. That's the future." <laughs> um, and, and yeah, at first we we had nothing. We always had about a third of the team in the data science and software engineering uh, side of things. So okay. we always wanted to build our own thing and to have a very um, technological approach to it. Mm -hmm. But it took a lot of time, and and fast forward to today, we have built like a lot of things, be it on the software or on the um, on the back end to match people with jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But it took a lot of time. Yes. So Hire Suite, just so everybody knows, and let's get this in here real quick. Mm -hmm. HireSuite.com. So Hire Suite is both a, an ATS C. Well, I guess triple ATS CRM slash. You will also serve as a recruiting agency. All three. Uh, no, no, sorry. <laughs> not exactly. Oh, is that oh, right? sorry. Is that, you, you better, that's, you better, you better, you better that's do very good. <laughs> that's very good. But, uh, but yeah, it's not exactly this. So our, our main core product is a kind of automated agency for companies hiring tech talents in France. So this one, if you come from outside of France, you don't even see it on the landing page. You have oh. to, to, to change. So that's what we call the higher seat marketplace. And it's a kind of 
very similar to hire.com where we go after candidates. We're like, okay, enroll to the marketplace and next Monday you'll be shown to our database of clients. And then the clients, we do the same. We're like, okay, connect, uh, let's get connected next Monday and you'll see the short list of people that we talk to that could be relevant to you. Okay. Uh, and we manage like this, but 200 companies and 100 to 150 new candidates per week and we connect them together. I so see. that's the marketplace and we charge a placement fee. I see. Um, our latest product is called Hire Suite CRM. And you're right, the name will probably change at some point. But Fono is not supposed to replace the ATS. It's really supposed to connect to the ATS and enhance the ATS on everything that's CRM-like features. So the best way to think of CRM-like features are um, anything that could be that's inspired from sales. So how do you go mm -hmm. after candidates? How do you nurture them over time? How do you send them? Um, uh, newsletters and stuff like this that most ATS like these features. So we will it allow me? Will, will that allow me to cancel HubSpot so I don't have to use HubSpot with my yes, ATS? Yes, HubSpot is a is a is a great inspiration. Okay, all right. So, so right now, right now HubSpot, at, yeah. at Riderflex, we use Jazz HR as our ATS, yeah. and then we use HubSpot as for for other shit, sell stuff. Um, but they don't work together, right? No, 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 no. So you have to kind of log into both. So what you're saying, so what you've built then could be integrated in, it's all together. It's all together. Yes. I could eliminate, I could eliminate jazz and HubSpot. So yes, as an agency, you could eliminate both uh, because we have some basic ATS features. Okay. Um, like you, you can post jobs online, you can manage in applicants. It's just not like as advanced as, the state of the art ATS is, okay. especially for managing the interviews. But most most agencies don't need this anyway. Uh, they just right. need a basic ATS and more advanced CRM features. So definitely, mm. let's uh, let's uh, let's let's chat. After, uh, after this. So uh, so how's your revenue split right now? Then how, how what's the makeup of the company? I don't know how much you want to share. I know some of that might be private, but but like what percentage um, it hits where? Yeah, I can I can share a bit. The um the CRM is about twenty percent of our revenue. Okay, good for and you. The marketplace is eighty percent. Okay, yeah, but the CRM gets gets you more attraction from investors. Have you taken on any cash? Yes, we in, have. In you have yeah. like a it's like a seed or a, or, a, or a series A or seed or angel. Where where are you at with? Uh, one point five million. So you can call it nice. whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, good for you, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, good for you. All right. Yeah, wow. Uh, is that okay? Is that the only raise you've done? So, or is that just is that what it you've is. raised in total so far? Uh, uh, no, it's what we raised. So it's what we raised in 2017, uh, and then we went when we went through YC. They they invested a bit, but I wouldn't consider it a raise. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have to give the YC? Did you have to give them a little piece? Did they get a little piece? Yes, seven percent. How much? It's public. Seven percent. Man, sometimes you yeah. wake up at night. Well, sometimes you wake up at night and go, "How do I get that seven percent back?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, are you and your co-founder? Was it okay? You and your co-founder still own fit more than fifty-one percent, or did you have to give up control with the one point five? No, or we, you... we 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 still own more than than fifty percent. Good for you. Awesome. Uh, how many people in the organization? Uh, how big is you know? How many employees? We're about thirty people. Nice. Uh, all included, including like uh, contractors. Contractors, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, how many, you got contractors in France and US? I guess you got them both. Most, no, everybody's mostly in France. So oh, I'm they, the only one in the US for now. 
Okay. And you're yeah. in the U.S. strategically for the Bay Area for investors, for for for, for what, are the, what, are, what are your strategic reasons? Yeah. Clients. Clients. More clients. Yeah. And also, okay. so it's not only, it's not only, you know, signing clients and getting revenue, but also connecting with them, getting the vibe, understanding the expectations. Because uh, the markets are a bit different between, let's say, US and Europe more globally. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. it's very helpful to be here, um, not only, and then again, to sell better, but also to to understand the needs, right? So uh, yeah. it's important to be here. Otherwise, we would have hired someone like a salesperson and have them move there. Uh, but I don't think this could have worked, especially at the stage we are. We still mm -hmm. rely a lot on, the, on our clients' feedback. We're very close to our clients. A lot of clients have shared um, Slack channels with us. So they can share their feedback as well. Yeah. Who's your target client? Roughly. Uh, it used to be tech companies. And then, as you said, the market quite changed over the past 12 months. Yes. Um, we're now going much more into agencies and oh. staffing oh. more broadly. Uh, we also talk to like various like um, hospitals, networks, okay. and, and like we can work with anyone. Um, but I would say that for now, we're very, very focused on more agencies and staffing. How about trade skills? How about trade services, man? I tell you, that that's where you know some of the, the these these tech. We could do a whole podcast on this. The the, the fact that the tech industry has got got some mm -hmm. hurdles right now, and probably mm -hmm. more 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 hurdles to come pretty pretty quick. Do you think? <laughs> I was uh, I would say that the that the worst was behind us, but uh, what do you think? Uh, so? You think? Nope. I mean, hey, I'm not an expert. So first of all, let me just tell the audience. I'm not an expert, so don't don't I, I don't know shit, so don't listen to me. But if they if you want my opinion, uh yeah, I I I never thought that the speed at which white collar software engineer jobs would be in danger. I didn't think it was gonna happen as fast as it did. I mean, mm. I think you now you're a recruiter, you probably know this, but I'm pretty sure. Software engineer job postings are down like 60 or 70% compared to last year. And um, the layoffs are going to, are going to continue to be swift. I, I, uh, I, I think the, the rapid advancement of AI should have software engineers very nervous right now. I would be very nervous. I'd be going back to welding school. <laughs> okay. I'd be, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but but uh, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I don't know. I'd be curious to get the numbers if the um, the job posting for software engineers. Pretty really sure. Decreased. Double check me on that. Yeah, double check yeah, me on that. But check. I mean, yeah, for any of the listeners, double check me on that. Um, but I think. Um, yeah, I agree. Know, and I and I feel people definitely lose some sleep over this. Uh, at least yeah. my friends, uh, engineers friends, they do. Um, but um, but you know, engineers created all these tools True. and it's part of engineering to create tools to make yourself more efficient, but also in some ways replace yourself. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure there to be um, worried about. Did you listen the to years. the uh, Mark Andreessen founder of LinkedIn, right? Uh, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple, couple of months ago. Did you listen to that one? Was it Mark Andreessen or Reid Hoffman? No, it was Mark Andreessen, yeah. And uh, Mark was telling Joe, he was like, isn't it interesting how, you know, t 10 years ago, five years ago, 
you know, everybody thought that the robots would would replace the blue collar <laughs> jobs, the blue collar jobs first, and that the white collar jobs were safe. And now the white collar jobs are a little bit nervous, and the blue collar guys are like, "Oh, we're fine." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much of that's true. It's going to be. It'll be fascinating to watch it all play out uh, over the next uh, few few years. And it's it's crazy to see back to San Francisco. It's crazy to to see that it's uh, probably easier to hire a software engineer today than a oh a yeah for sure in a restaurant oh, total, or totally a truck driver or yeah to absolutely. I mean, pff, we got a call the other day. A friend of mine, he's he's like, hey man, I need I need five electricians. Trying to get an electrician to answer the phone in Colorado. Good luck. I mean, you, you know, these guys got all the work they can handle. I mean, they got there's no there's no. You as a recruiter, you better go on the job site and tap the mm -hmm. electrician on the shoulder to talk to him if you want to like get somebody's attention. These guys are, yeah, they're they're living the good life right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but uh, anyway, back to back to higher suite. So, um, what is the what's your goal? Are you do you want to grow it and sell it? Do you want this to be a lifestyle business long term for you and your co-founder? Uh, you know what? What are you thinking? Um, well, the, the, the outcome will probably be at some point to sell it. I okay. don't plan on staying in this company for my whole life. Because you um, want it because you have the urge to do something else. You're a, now you're a serial entrepreneur and you're going to want to start something. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, there's so many things to do. So, and, and I don't think you would, yeah, we, we wouldn't take external investors, for instance, if we didn't want to sell the company at some point or exit the company at some point. So it's not exactly the same type of company if you're trying to create a, uh, like your your life's company and you want to stay there 20, 30 years, probably don't give out as much equity. And, and then again, we mentioned yeah. the 7% YC. Um, so you just operate it differently. So that's definitely not the goal. Uh, the goal is to exit at some point. But no, we still have a lot to do, um, and and you know when we, I don't say that when we thought we were almost at the end of what we wanted to do, because there's always more that we want to do. But then the um, AI and generative AI wave is like, okay, we're back to square one, and we have to rebuild everything. And there's so many options, so many things that we can do now that weren't, weren't possible uh, three years ago that we know can six do. months ago. Oh, six months ago yeah right um so that's that's very exciting so we still have more to do and and uh our clients are pulling us as well people that use the product they ask for more features more things to do and then they use the features they're happy about the features and it shows in their numbers and in their uh you know recruiting targets so um we don't really think about this now and especially as the market is is not as um, as hot as it was mm -hmm. uh, a year ago, like we received interest from companies and like everybody did a year ago, two years ago. It's very easy to think of it like, okay, I can just sell these companies and not work again anymore. It's definitely not the case today. So we have to keep working hard and there is a lot to do as well. So that's, that's the current mindset. There's the life of an entrepreneur, folks. If you're listening to this yeah. episode, by the way, we're, re we're recording this on November 8th, 2023. It's so fascinating. Yeah, a year and a half ago, I think Scott and I were getting maybe one, he's my co-founder, we were getting probably one call a month with somebody like, oh, you guys ever thought about selling and stuff like that? And we're, of course, we're thinking our valuation number is this giant number, you know, we have this fantasy valuation <laughs> number, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, 
Okay, as of November eighth, twenty twenty three, that's uh, it's a different different ball game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so many calls anymore. The, the the life of the entrepreneur, right? It's like, yeah, oh exactly. man, you know, I was uh, you're like, oh shit, okay, yeah, things are changing. We better pivot here, pivot there, do this, do that. Yeah, totally. Um, what did you change yourself? What well, the, the, the yeah, the, the first the, the first there's two things we're doing um right now. The two biggest. I don't know if pivot's the right word, but the two biggest things I'm really trying to focus on is number one, I think a lot of old school recruiters are moving too slow to grab a hold of AI tools that are available. And so the first thing I'm doing is getting my senior executive level recruiters to use the tools that are available mm -hmm. and make sure the training is there to keep them up to speed because, and they're, and some of them are contractors. So a little different, right? If they're 1099, it's like, I can suggest what tool that you need to use, but sometimes I can't make them do certain things right with the rules, with the employees. But I, I, you know, there's, there's older recruiters. When I say older, I don't know, let's say somebody has been doing it for 25 years and there were just recruiters in their, their, their fifties or whatever. And you tell them, you're, you're like, Hey, there's this new tool and you're trying to show them how to use this AI tool. And they're like, well, you know, I, I have my process and I've always done it this way. And I'm like, Oh, oh my God, you're killing me. Like, you know, so that's number one is I'm getting my people to use the tools that are available to make them be able to, to be able to be as fast and as fish as efficient as possible. So they don't get left behind. That's number one. And number how two, do you, how do you yep. train them? Do you train them yourself? Sometimes we do like we'll do we'll do um, we'll do recorded Zoom calls and then my ops person who's excellent. She will like do all the research on how to use that particular tool and then we'll do a training session and then we'll let them go back and watch it, um, you know, whatever it might be. Um, that's kind of how we try to do it. Or I'll do a recording and I'll do share screen and I'll record it and be like, look, do this, do this, boop, 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 boop. you know, um, I mean, here's a here's a here's a perfect example. And then I want to go to my second one that I was going to do. So I don't lose my train of thought. Here's a perfect example. I was on the call the other day, our team call. And I said, look, I said, uh, I actually don't think there's any such thing as a tech recruiter anymore. And uh, somebody was like, well, what, do you, what do you mean? I was like, well, tech recruiters used to interview software engineers and they were called tech recruiters because they knew enough to, to usually know whether or not they were being lied to when they would ask certain questions during an interview about coding or programming or whatever, like they could sniff out the BS. Well, now any recruiter can get the questions to the coding and the testing and the programming ahead of time, stick it into chat GPT, mm -hmm. have chat GPT give you the fucking answer so that when you're asking the answer during the interview, any recruiter knows whether or not the programmer is lying. <laughs> and so, and somebody's on the call like, oh, wow, great idea. Put the interview questions into chat GPT ahead of time. Make sure they, I mean, these are just things I'm like, come on guys. Like we, come on, man. You guys have got to stay on top of this stuff. I'm 56 mm. years old. I'm staying on top of it. If you're 30 years old, you better sure as hell be on top of it. Anyway, I'm just, now I'm venting. Sorry. That, that, that's what I was about to say. It's not about age. It's about mindset. Cause we, um, yes, yeah. yes. Mindset. <laughs> What's the second um, thing? The second thing is what I kind of, what I touched on earlier, which is I'm pushing my sales team, which is really me and Scott. Uh, I'm pushing my sales team to 
focus on trade skills. I, I, I want to do more recruiting for construction, mm-hmm. um, it, it, any, any service level trade skills, whether it's plumbers, electricians, con construction, concrete, um, whatever. Uh, I, I think those will continue to be in high demand for longer. I think they're very difficult to get a hold of. Um, they're difficult to recruit and they're super high demand. And, and I think tech recruiting firms will continue to struggle to get business and new clients. Cause uh, my belief is that tech companies are going to continue to lay off and there'll be less hiring in that. Field. I'm not saying it's going to go away. I'm saying there'll, there'll be less mm-hmm. that, that I think that, that hot, that hot market is, is a little bit uh, quiet for now. And so I'm pushing towards trade skills um mm-hmm. as much as i can those are the two things i'm doing yeah. are, are, are companies um used uh to work with great recruiters question. and agencies great question yeah uh, most of the, here's what i'm finding i don't know what you know but if you you may know this too the thing you find, find about trade skills is if the, if if somebody's been hiring electricians for the last 20 years like they're in that club, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they're in that, they're part of the union. They know the union rep, the this and that, everybody. the this, they, they're, they're super connected. And so tapping into that field is, I, I'm finding that like, they're like, they're like, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, I just think that's important to, um, I think I th- I think it's important to diversify your approach towards industries if you are heavily in tech right now. That's my now. By yeah. the way, I, I could be totally wrong. Maybe maybe tech maybe tech is only soft right now while we're recording this, and maybe it's about to boom over the next the next six months. And that I could be totally off base. I don't know. That's just my my read on the situation. Anyway, uh, yeah. especially agencies, they can't afford to just wait out exactly. six months. So exactly. You have to do something. Even if it's just right. six months, you have to do something. You have to do something because none of us are like, I mean, you hey, you guys raised some cash, which is great, but ninety percent of the boutique mm-hmm. recruiting firms out there, they don't have they don't have a bunch of cash in the bank. Sure. No, yeah. no. I mean, you know, then the recruiters are going to go down and fill out an application at Home Depot, work down at Home Depot part time because they can't get work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's what's going to happen anyway. Uh, that was, was anyway. You got me now. You're interviewing me. I can tell you have a podcast. <laughs> I can tell you have a podcast. Tell me about your podcast, by the way. Yeah, tell me I about like, it. Uh, I like interviewing better than answering <laughs> <Sorry>, questions. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, uh, but, yeah, tell me about your podcast. Um, the yeah. podcast is called The Modern Recruiter. All right, we launched it in 2020. Um, because yeah, like same as you said, we covered. We lost most of our revenue, still a lot of placement revenue, 80% lost in two weeks. Um, And we lost all our searches. So we had nothing to do. We're like, okay, we have nothing to do. Let's at least use that time to invest it in something. Someone said that will be valuable in the future. So that's when we started the the modern recruiter. Back then it was called A Players. Um, And yeah, it's been like 50 episodes or something like this. How many? We're 50? 50. Yeah. Cool. We're doing one every two weeks one every two weeks all right and are they an hour are they 30 minutes what are you running they're 30 minutes okay and is it on spotify is it everywhere it is it's a it's everywhere uh the motor recruiter by robin Choi. um and we try and make each so it's very different 
from yours. We try and make it much more like less like a casual conversation and much more like a um, a masterclass. So I the see. person will speak for 30 minutes and talk about uh, what they did you. and one specific project on, or so we did a lot recently on AI, how, how you can okay. use AI to do this. What are your okay. favorite prompts? Um, we did one on how to become more strategic as a recruiter. So yeah, stuff like this. You know what I love best about the podcast is, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. I, I love that I can ask whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know, that. because as, as I wouldn't a, reply to all your questions over email. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because as a recruiter, you know, we have all these laws, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, like, if we're recruiting a candidate, we can't ask them about their family, we can't ask them about their religion, we can't la, 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 la. can't ask them about all. There's all these rules we have to follow. Well, when I'm on the podcast, I can just ask whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and I will Do tell you, Robin, just I, decline to answer sometimes. Right? Some. Oh yeah, sometimes. Or well, you know what happens a lot of times is. uh no, most of the time they'll answer while we're talking. And then when I send them the draft, they'll be like, hey, can you cut that? Mm -hmm. They'll be like, you know that part where I was talking negative about my ex-wife and saying how crazy <laughs> she was? Can you? And they'll like to have me take it out. My lawyer uh, asked to uh, remove it. But, but, I, but I do get in the habit of, like, I'll go from a podcast to a video interview of a candidate. And I and I'll have to be like, okay, hold on, wait, hold on. I gotta I gotta make sure I'm following the, the rules here. <laughs> yeah, but I like how yours is personal. You have to um Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you have to make it personal. Uh, because that's what's interesting. People want to listen to humans. Yes. yes. And and, I agree. and like understand what's happening, the personal stories behind, and not so much like I did this and I did that and this worked and that. Because especially um, in the corporate world, you can get a lot of a lot of BS of uh, oh. everything is so shiny and successful, and we never had any problem, and we had it figured out from the day, the yeah. first day seven years sure. ago, uh, which is absolutely not the truth, and and some and people trying to connect the dots afterwards. So yeah, I like uh, I like that that format as well. I've always said, you know, being an entrepreneur takes balls. I mean, you know, it's in my opinion, it's easy to just be an employee. I mean. Going and getting a regular job like that, I mean, okay, I don't want to like piss off all of the regular employee people out there <laughs> listening to the podcast, but I'm just telling you, no offense, like that that's pretty easy. Like that's that's easy. That's that's it, also the smart decision. You must be stupid. It, it, to, that's like, true. That's like, true. It's, <laughs> it's probably smarter. It's probably smarter. It's safer. It's smarter. Safer, it's smarter. Is you know, you know in the long uh, run. You know, it's uh because I, you know, I never stop. I'm I'm like you. Like I never I never stop thinking about the company like ever. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, if I'm in, if I, if I'm in the mountains of Colorado, I go, I go camping in Colorado and Wyoming all the time. So I'm a big outdoor mountain guy. Even when I'm up there, Robin, trying to enjoy nature, it's the best. Uh, I still, my mind is, is constantly yeah. hiking, running. This is when you get the best ideas. Oh, I agree. Yeah, ab ab absolutely. I have to now stop said all the time. And then you, you said earlier, your, your yeah. wife runs, is, I think you said your wife's a runner. Yes, she is. And how about you? Does she does she does she make you go along? Yeah, yeah, I have to follow her. So uh, you know, I come from I come from the southwest of France, from Bordeaux on the beach. So that's the going it's a thing. The like everybody runs. LA, the French LA. No, nobody runs. Everybody goes to the beach and goes to restaurants and uh, stays up late. Oh, okay. uh, she comes from the Alps, so that's the opposite. Oh, she, I learned I skiing when I was like twenty. She she wasn't ski when she was six. 
Um, oh, so her, yeah, she'd love to move to Colorado. Actually, she's she's heard great things about it. So Have we're you pretty been? happy about California. No, never. Uh, oh, bro, if you come out, if you come out, well, I'll, I'll take. I'll hey, I'll be your guide. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll connect. We'll be we'll That's connect. Where, where are you based again? Well, near Fort Collins, which I'm so I'm in the northern northern part, but still, uh, yeah, that'd be so that'd be cool if, if we yeah. could uh, get together. Um, so wrap wrapping up here. Um, what do you want to tell? So the list for the listeners. Um, mm-hmm. either you own a firm, you own an agency like Riderflex, and you could use Hire Suite, right? So you could reach out because you said yes. that's one of your targets right now. Yes. Okay. And you might be able to eliminate the cost of like Jazz and HubSpot, maybe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm guessing, and I'm guessing your stuff is cheaper than those two combined. Yes. And it's also built specifically for recruiting. So, uh, HubSpot, for instance, you don't get a big profile view. You only get rows in the database, pretty much. Uh, Here you get the profile with the uh, previous experience. You you can see everything like on a LinkedIn card, basically. And I I like it. Okay. And Mm -hmm. candidates, um, they can go to your website. They can upload their profile. How does that work? No? No candidates. It's only for people based in France. So they wouldn't listen to us. Okay. All right. You know, what about you don't want to do some you don't want to do candidate US based stuff? No. Not for now. You know, Not for now. Yeah. Um the marketplace model, two-sided marketplace model is very tricky to figure out. To be okay. honest, I'm not exactly sure how we did it the first time how <laughs> we reached that that scale. Well, I, I know how we did it, uh, obviously, but uh, it's not easy to replicate this in another country. It's very expensive because then you have to pay a lot for the candidate and company acquisition costs. Um, so we're pretty happy about the marketplace being a profitable business growing maybe much more slowly Um, and the CRM being more like recurring higher growth potential higher scale potential uh, product I was gonna uh, sorry I should have asked this earlier between you and your co-founder it sounds like your kind of sales and cash raise and Mm -hmm. investor relations and and he's ops and execution and we're actually and- three. So there is, uh, there is me and that's right. Like sales, uh, investors, marketing, okay. yeah. uh, there is more the ops guy that manages the ops, the team, make sure everything flows correctly. Admins and stuff. It oversees all of this. And then there's the tech guy. Uh, I see. Who's, good. Is good combo. Yeah. Nice combo. That's a good yeah. combo. That's a great combo to have. It is. It's perfect. I mean, so there's I mean, no overlap. And, yeah, that um, works great. And everybody right. has their area of expertise. Oh, and yeah, you remove works. one and everything falls apart. <laughs> Even uh, though we're trying to make ourselves uh, replaceable, obviously, that should be the goal. Yeah, um, you can. Which uh, hey, we're I'm... more replaceable than seven years ago, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, I'd like to make my side. Anybody, anytime somebody wants to come around Riderflex, I'll retire right now. Let's call me if you hear this question. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, uh, great to meet you, man. Really, really yep. great, great to have you on the show. Congratulations on everything you and your your co founders have built. Really nice job, man. Thank you, appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you in person, in Colorado. Then. Uh-huh.